0: How are we everybody welcome back to the nosebleed seats podcast this is episode number 18 and today we are welcomed by two guests um first off we are wel- welcoming back john rumen to the show back-to-back up,
1: episodes <laughs> yeah good to be back thank you for having me
0: and joining him uh is our main man noah peterson making his debut on the pod Hey, boys. Thanks for
2: thanks for having me, boys. This is a great opportunity to talk sports.
0: Uh, can't wait. Very excited. All right. And uh, today is a highly anticipated episode for for me, at least. Uh, today is our NFL draft preview episode. Uh, the draft will kick off next week. I think it's Thursday, the 22nd or the 23rd. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the most exciting times of the year for me, especially this year, considering I haven't had sports to watch in over a month so uh, that'll be good. Uh, We have a lot of topics to hit on today. Um, A pretty loaded draft class, a pretty exciting one offensive-wise. There's a lot of cool playmakers at the top, at quarterback, at wide receiver, at running back, Uh, but um, let's kick it off. Let's talk about the um, virtual draft that they're going to be debuting this year considering the quarantine. Um, I don't really know what much of it because they really haven't said much they just said it's going to be fully virtual you've heard reports that uh, Roger Goodell is going to be making picks from his basement and we released a poll actually um, if you guys thought it'd be a success or not and it ended Um, 50-50 so you guys are pretty torn on that if it'll be a big success or not me personally um, I don't I think that this is a huge miss on the NFL. They could have had it in uh, Vegas, where the Raiders are just moving to. I think that would have been a cool thing, and they miss out on that. So I, I think this is an L for the NFL. I'll leave it off to you guys now.
2: Wait, Matt, I'm confused. How, how do you think they could have it in Vegas despite all this quarantine stuff? What would they do? What would they be doing there?
0: Well, they were gonna have it in Vegas. That's where the draft was going to be. Okay. But like now, it's not. Like they canceled it. So yeah. Like,
3: yeah, like, but, like, they they couldn't have a draft, like, with what's going on, now Yeah.
0: And, like, if they had got... happened
3: in Vegas, they would have had, like, the
0: stage and stuff. And then you saw the thing, like, they were going to have, like, players get boated over, over, like, a, a little lake or something. I don't know. I... But, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was, was
3: going to be in the the fountain in front of the Bellagio. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, okay. That would have been
1: so sick if that it, happened. Yeah,
3: that would have been cool. Yeah, it was It was supposed to be one of the coolest drafts ever. I don't know if they're going to try to schedule next year's, like try to push everyone back. But, I mean, the NFL, yeah, it sucks that um, this whole world, global pan- pandemic has to do this. But there is no way that they could have right now had a uh, normal NFL draft. And it really sucks for the players and everything. But I think considering the circumstances, this is the – This is really the only way they can do it. And I think NFL fans and sports fans really just need something right now. And the NFL draft is going to be that thing, even if it is just watching Goodell in his basement announce pecks. Yeah,
2: I I totally agree with you, Liam. Um, I think bottom line as a player, if I were a player getting drafted into the NFL, I wouldn't care where I was. As long as I'm getting drafted into the NFL, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I really don't care if I get up on stage and do all that stuff and take a picture with Goodell. I'm not really about that. I'm just trying to see it from the point of view of a player. You know, I just feel like under these circumstances, like you said, this is the best thing that we could have done.
0: I think I I agree with you. Like, obviously you are one one in 200 dozen people to be a pro NFL player. But I mean, a lot of these guys, I think they dream of they work so hard for eighteen plus nineteen plus years to be on that stage that. to shake the hand yeah, to get the I jersey and the that. hat. So I mean that's kind of a shame, but I yeah. mean they'll they'll probably have it. Like Joe Burrow will obviously have the Bengals jersey and a hat there in his house already because that's already a lock. But definitely, you,
1: you also yeah. get a lot of guys too who do pass up on that opportunity and spend it with their family. Yeah, and stay yeah. home All in their time.
3: living rooms and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of guys too. Like they their agent goes out to, like, the local lids and, like, buys 32 NFL team hats. <laughs> yeah, I've seen And so, like, seen they're, that. like, they're always ready in case, like, whatever team gives them the call. So, like, there's going to be situations like that where, like, guys are still going to do, like, the picture and, like, be with their family, which is still going to be good. But, I mean, granted, like, in, like, if you look at the big picture, like, there's schools not having graduations, like – Seniors are missing out on, like, what we all had for our senior year. Yeah, like proms and, I, and stuff. I think I think in hindsight, like, these guys just missing out on one experience to shake Adele's hand, but you're still in the NFL is, I think, a lot different than what the ma- mass majority of the yeah. country's going That's through. True. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd be pretty okay with still getting drafted. Yes. Yeah. Feel I, the same I way. Mean, I personally always said I wouldn't – if I – God didn't bless me with uh that athletic ability, but um <laughs> uh I always said if I got drafted if ever I like faked it to the NFL, you know, kicker, um I would uh I would I'd be in my house and I think I think a lot of people also agree that they would probably wanna be with like a big group of their friends and family like the moment yeah. they get drafted. <laughs>
0: So, um, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be cool. Different, switch it up for a year. But uh, the next topic I want to get into was um, the wide receiver discussion. Uh, Oh, yeah. I think this is probably, like, the most exciting position coming out of this year's draft. Uh, There's a a lot of of good receivers at the top. Um, First off, naming the the big three, uh, CD Lamb, from the University of Oklahoma, and the two Bama boys, uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. And then there's also other names like Jalen Rieger from TCU, LaVisca Chenault, um, but it's really the big three there. Those are the most exciting guys. Um, we put out a poll who would get drafted first, who are, who's the best. That's a pretty good discussion, so I kind of wanted to get into that. I'll go first. I like, um, I'm a big CD guy, uh, I think he's just so exciting. Um he's in a system that I mean, the Bama offense is just loaded everywhere around. Uh so I mean I feel like that's kinda gives guys like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs a little bit of an advantage. But you can kinda say the same thing for uh C D Lamb because he get he's being thrown to by uh Jalen Hurts, who's also one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. But um I just think he's the most exciting. Uh he had a good combine. I mean, I was watching, he made like some crazy catch. I was watching it with Pete. He made some cr- ridiculous catch. In the oh, game. yeah, that fade in the corner of the end zone. Yeah, yeah that that was nice. Was un- I just like his, exci- his nice. excitement factor. You could say the same thing with the other two, but I don't know. I just, I'm going with Lamb here. All
3: right, um, so uh, Liam? Uh, I'll go next, yeah. Um, I really like Judy. I always said it uh every Bama game's nationally televised. So got to lot watch a lot of him and I he was just making these plays that I was just like I'm like, this guy's pro ready now. And like I think I think he's been pro ready from last year. I think this guy is the ideal build for a wide receiver you want in the NFL. Yeah. He's quick, he's not too tall, which might come to bite him, but I mean, there's a ton of good, not that tall wide receivers. He's six one. You might be with
0: Cooper a lot.
3: Yeah, I yeah. I really like Jerry Judy, and yeah. I think he is going to be the first one gone in this draft. I agree with you, Liam.
1: I think Jerry Judy is easily the, the best wide receiver in this class. His he's just like you said, pro ready. His route running is very good. He's you can get separation with the best of them in this class. Um, like you said, he's, he's not the tallest, but he's still very athletic. So I think he'll go into any system and immediately make a difference. All right.
2: So I'm a little torn here, obviously being an Alabama guy, Uh, I watched a lot of Jerry Judy and a lot of Henry Ruggs. this last couple of years, they've been on the squad, but I'm going to have to take CD lamb over both of them. I just After watching his film, he just has the insane big playability every time he touches the ball. He averaged 21.4 yards per catch, which is actually insane. Like, the dude just has a nose for the end zone every time he touches the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, He reminds me a lot of D-Hop because he's 6'2", 182. He's kind of long and lanky, but he's strong. He's strong. He's got that weird, wiry strength that scouts talk about. Um, But his only one... Like, the one thing that I think Judy has over him is his route running. Judy's absolutely the best route runner in this draft. His feet are insanely quick. Uh, I find no flaws in Judy's game, to be completely honest. But I just would rather take CeeDee Lamb over Jerry Judy, if given the opportunity, just for the home run ability that he has. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and you really can't miss here picking either of them. Oh, yeah. Either oh, one you you're pick,
2: right.
0: you're going to get a stud either way. Even with
2: Ruggs, exactly. too.
1: Those top three yeah. guys, just, whichever
2: just
0: one you pick, you good. Your exactly. To show, to show rugs a little bit of love here, um, I think if he is drafted into the right system, this guy is the biggest boomer bust out of the three, in my opinion. I mean, uh, you saw it time and time again at Alabama. When Alabama needed, like, a big conversion, I mean, he was kind of their bailout. He kind of split the safeties and get over the top, and yeah, mm-hmm, there you go. Like, this guy has the – potential to be a Tyree kill a guy that has the burner speed the guy that can get over the safeties and get you the home run ball that you need sometimes and I mean if if you go if he gets into a a system that utilizes Tyree kill like the Chiefs do I mean this guy could be the best out of the three we could be having a whole whole different conversation in a year from now
1: yeah, like I'm looking at his combine stats, uh four two seven, forty 40-yard dash, 42-inch vertical. That is just a, a freak He's a athlete. freak athlete, bro. A freak. No, there's no other way to put it either. Yeah, and I'm
3: looking at where they're projected to go in the draft. And uh, right now, Ruggs is projected to go to Philly at 21. Yeah, that's I've been a good seeing, I've been so, seeing yeah, that every a, single one, too. Yeah, so it looks like that. And the one that I like where I think the player has the best chance to succeed is CD Lamb at 13 going to the 49ers. Inserting him into that system, basically replacing the Emmanuel Sanders role would yep. be great. And yeah. I think that would be a potential nightmare for teams in the NFC West to have Garoppolo, Garoppolo to around. CD. Imagine the
0: Super Bowl or the NFC champion adding a guy like cd lamb <laughs> yeah the nfc it, champion adding and uh, cd lamb that's crazy. just
3: instant firepower on offense mm. it's just another spark for them to have it uh, to add with that defense that's already like one of the best in the league yes yeah, yeah.
1: Someone else I want to also throw into the circle um, just because he's my LSU guy. Oh, Justin, oh, Justin yeah. Jefferson. He's my number four, too. Ruben. Nat, he's my number four, two. I yep. have my list right in front of me. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> projected to go 15 to the Broncos, and I just think he's going to be unbelievable yeah. once he gets into the mm-hmm. NFL.
3: And I just want to add, too. So, so I was, like, looking at everyone's, like, height and weight, and it's all these top guys are kind of small. Mm-hmm. But then you get uh Higgins. Stout six one. Yeah, Higgins Pitman Pittman, and who else did I have Lynn down? Oh, Quaypool. Um, those are all about six four, huge. Two yeah. yeah, six four, two twenty guys. These are big boys. Uh one Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end type of guy. <laughs> and they are huge. So there are just a field of mind. wide receivers that all parts of the wide receiver games they slot big guys guys that can go deep but one guy i like that i think teams can snag a little bit later is tyler johnson out of minnesota i agree yeah. i watch this kid play a lot because i uh big big Ten guy in minnesota's wisconsin's rival he was making some plays that like i was amazed with and i think he's definitely a guy if you don't want to reach for these top guys i think he's a guy that can slide in and teams really should take a shot on. I I really like them. Minnesota's been getting some good wide receivers. Yeah, I don't like
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we're gonna jump into um, the quarterback discussion. Oh, yeah. all right.
2: We don't even need to talk oh, about the first one. <laughs> we already know that's Burrow. Yep, Burrow. Yeah,
3: that's Burrow. To the and no Yeah, point the first. The... No point The there. first four there. four picks in this draft are like all set. Yeah. Pretty much, kind of boring. It's like Burrow, but, Tua, Herbert, and Jordan Love. So, oh, I have Burrow. I was gonna say Burrow, Young, Akuda, uh, and Simmons are all gonna go
1: for uh, one talking, two. I'm talking quarter oh, quarterbacks.
3: Oh, sorry, yeah, I was talking about <laughs> my bad. My bad.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean, there's a little bit of a separation after Burrow. Uh, I think that Tua would be on that level with Joe Burrow, but I mean, there's always the injury uh, history of Tua and that kind of scares a lot of teams and scares a lot of scouts. But I mean, if Tua can stay healthy, I think you're looking at a quarterback that ranks just up there with Joe Burrow. Um, Absolutely. I mean, if, if, if Tua is healthy for the majority or the whole season of this past year, I mean, I think you're looking at a whole different story. Um, I think that Tua would have been the top pick. Um, you saw it, like, a year ago, the whole tank for Tua thing. Uh, that was a big, big one for, the like, teams like the Dolphins and stuff. But, I mean, Burrow surpassed him because of his dominance and his ability to stay on the field. Mm-hmm. But after those two, um, there are guys like Jordan Love who have jumped the draft board uh, out of Utah, Utah State. It's one of the two, I forget. Um, guys like Justin Herbert, uh, Jake Fromm. Jacob Eason. Uh I mean I really don't know too much about these guys. Uh so I'm going to take a little bit of a back seat here, but I think that I like the I like this Love kid. I did watch his highlights. Um Yeah, I think that Love could be a guy who swoops in into the middle rounds or the middle picks of the first round. Teams like the Colts could or the Colts actually traded their first. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um the but Pats. Yeah, yeah maybe I don't know. we'll get into it. i w I'm saving the pass for later it. <laughs> I have a couple I have a couple names in mind, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about uh these bot the mid middle quarterbacks here, guys.
3: Um yeah, I'll just start again. Um like you said, Burroughs is the slam dunk number one. In my opinion, he had the second best college football season of all time behind Cam Newton's. Um And I really liked Burrow. Like, he's obviously going to go one. And then I think Tua is the next best. Again, like you said, just piggybacking off what you said, if it wasn't for the injury, people would be saying it's going to be a battle to see who's going to go one right now. But so I have one and two are obviously Burrow and Tua. And then I have uh, Love, the kid from Utah State. I was watching his highlights before yeah. this and he was making some throws that you just, you just kind of on it. It's like and Mahomes-esque. That I was just going to say, it's like Mahomes and um, Lamar-esque the way they throw, like the way he makes these throws off balance, off his back foot, and he can still just flick of the wrist, have it go 60. And it's just something that you can't teach and, I really think if he can figure out how to read defenses a little more, I was watching some of them and think he was making too risky a throws, but I really like him there. Uh, next I have Herbert. Uh, I don't like Herbert, but um, I think he is probably the next best QB on the board. And I think that'd probably be it for my first round quarterbacks, but then you get into it and I think Hurts and Easton, Are both neck and neck, in my opinion, where they're going to go, just depending on what kind of offense you want to run. Hurts obviously had an unbelievable career, and Eason came out of nowhere to really rise up the draft board of late. And then to close out my top quarterbacks, I have uh, Fromm, who I do not like at all. Um, I think Fromm is wildly overrated. I think he was the benefactor of being the quarterback on one of the best teams in the country with one of the best offensive line in the country. And I really think he is not as good as everyone makes him out to be.
0: All right. I kind of wanted to uh, get into that. I mean, I know you guys wanted to duke it out with the Jake Fromm discussion. So,
1: Um, yeah, whenever we want to talk about Jake Fromm, I'm very okay with that. The floor is yours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so – I I do get a lot of heat for being a Jake Fromm guy. I just personally think he's a safe quarterback. He'll win you games. He'll if you give him the system to win, he's gonna win and he's shown that he can get you to a national championship and play in those games. And then I'm not saying he's a first round draft pick. I know he's not that good. I know there's quarterbacks ahead of him that are better. But um if you draft him in second, third round, get him in a system where he can develop and maybe wait a few years and then get the starting job, I think you're looking at a damn good NFL quarterback. And yep, that's my opinion. But I, from watching Jake Fromm, I think he, he can get the job done if you put him in a system he can work in. Liam? Um I, I personally
3: I personally just don't like him. Like I watched the QB1 thing. I think he's a pretty, I he's a pretty boy. I I honestly think he's, he's a good Christian like, boy. No, he's not. He is really not. The only thing that benefited him from QB1 was that he wasn't the worst quarterback on the thing. The kid from California, I forget his name. Uh Tate Martell he was a scumbag, <laughs> but from was yeah, from was just as bad. <laughs> but like, I was like, this guy is the worst, <laughs> but I just don't, I don't see it with him. Like obviously he had that year where he brought them to the national title game, but I just like, when I watch him play, I don't think he's the reason why Georgia's is winning games. And I don't think that if you're a team and want to take a shot on him, I don't see him being a guy, a future quarterback for a winning football team. I I really don't. I just don't see it. Like I honestly don't. I you could have put the NCAA average quarterback, the the just whoever Joe Schmo is that's like a decent quarterback in the NCAA, put him on that Georgia team. They're still losing to Alabama in the national championship game. He I don't think he made any difference for the Georgia teams.
0: I think that he's just, like, a, a overall just, like, solid, like, all his attributes are just kind of, like, solid. Yeah,
1: he's just a very well-rounded quarterback. I think
0: that every, like, quarterback attribute that, like, you could have, I think other guys rank ahead of him in, like, certain ones. Like, I just think that, like, he doesn't really, like, and none of his traits, like, pop out to you, like, oh, my God, like, this is why we need to take Jake Fromm here at, like, pick whatever. I think that, like, in terms of pocket passer, like, accuracy, I think Burrow has him beat. Um, like, smarts, I would say, like, a guy like Tua has him. And, I mean, obviously, like, there are quarterbacks who can run a lot better than him. Like, so, I don't know. I think that if you are just looking for, like, I mean... This Jake From by the way I'm talking about it, I mean like this is a Patriots quarterback. And I'm not saying that I, I want I've been him
1: saying he would be a great pick for the Patriots. Not even first round. If you pick him second, third round, that you could build with him. This
0: is a like prototypical Belichick guy, a guy that doesn't really like pop out, just a guy that like comes in, does the dink and dumps. does all the little things. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Should be interesting.
3: I right, gimme Give
1: me any less. I a A guy who I think though, who who Liam was talking about, because um, as is ju- is, uh, Justin Herbert, I I am an ad- huge advocate for him being overrated.
3: Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think his accuracy issues are something to be that need to be known and even in the combine like everyone's saying oh he's got this rocket arm stuff like that like yeah he does he can sling the ball as far as one one can but i watched him throw a five yard slant into the ground like that that's a that's a scary thing to see and if you're gonna pick him top five top six that you got to figure out those mechanics issues and you need to figure them out quickly
0: i mean it's, I don't think I think last year he was he was eligible last year to go to the draft and if I'm not mistaken but um he was projected like top three in those mock drafts like with Kyler Murray like he before Kyler Murray jumped those draft boards Justin Herbert was the the number one pick in those mock drafts and I don't think it's a coincidence that now he's projected maybe not even in the first round if he is he's going bottom late first round so I don't think that's a coincidence that. From one year, he's a top pick, to the next, he's um, maybe not even drafted night one of the draft. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of – I'm agreeing with Ruman here. I'm agreeing mm-hmm. with both of you that he is – I think he's a little bit overrated. I think throughout the year, teams have realized, hey, this kid is has some flaws. So, yeah,
3: definitely. And if you look at him, I – okay, so you might say with Herbert, I – I have a gripe against him because Oregon beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. And I do have a gripe with him because he stunk that game, and he won the game's MVP. He's throwing through for 138 yards, one interception, zero TDs. Wow. You want to empathetic. MVP? <laughs> that is actually and, upsetting. And you know who did, had a better game than him? Jack Cone. Yeah, My but we've Cohn. talked about
1: this. Cone's not what? a bad quarterback.
3: Cone, Cone is Cone's a good quarterback. He threw for one eighty six, one TD, one interception. Not great, but better, better than, than Herbert. Herbert. Uh, just he just only one
1: up, I think Cone's like an Alex Smith guy.
3: Oh yeah, he he'll get. He'll just go in there and just kind of just throw the ball. He won't. He won't do much. <laughs> he he'll throw he, does very it very
1: short, very safe, very
3: West Coast.
1: He, he's not going to really win any games, but he'll he won't lose. Yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, if you do the run, run pass, you, there has to be a
3: pass in there somewhere. Exactly. That's where he comes in. But Herbert rushed for 29 yards and three TDs in the game uh, on nine that's carries. Why. That's how he won MVP. But, one sec, getting stat up here. Yeah, those 29 yards and three TDs were his entire season's rushing. His entire senior year, he rushed for 50 yards and four TDs. So he did all of his rushing in one game. So he's not even that good of a mobile quarterback. And I I think he's so overrated, it's not even funny. And then just quick note back to Fromm real quick while, I'm, while I got all my stats up. The entire season last year, he never threw for a 300-yard game which wow. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not taking a guy that
2: Who from?
3: And do you know yeah. From never threw wow. a 300-yard game last uh season. Jeez. But you know who did throw a 300-yard game? Cone. Jack Cone. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> Central Michigan University took him down.
0: 360 363. Oh man. <laughs> uh we kind of hit on him a little bit. I want to talk about Jalen Hurts we move on. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's just really popular because he was at Alabama, transfers to Oklahoma. I think this kid is a winner. Um, I mean, a couple years ago, he comes in for Tua, and I forget what game it was. Pete, you can help me on this one. What? What game did Jalen Hurts come in after Tua?
2: Oh, the Georgia game.
0: Yeah, and he basically wins you the game, and he comes back. I mean, this is a winner. I mean, not many people are going to get benched and then like be okay with it. I think he settled into his role like perfectly Um, goes to Oklahoma after transfer. Nick Saban, I mean, preaches the ultimate respect for him to this day. Um, And Jalen hurts was pretty much in the Heisman running basically the whole year until Joe Burrow kind of took over late. But I mean, this is a quarterback who's going to be a middle rounds. uh, I think he's moved up a little bit. I mean, at first, he was slated to go like fourth, fifth, sixth round, but I think now you're looking at a guy going second, third round. Um, I want to know what you guys have to say about him, if he could be a potential NFL starter or he's just going to be a backup, like a an RG three type of guy.
2: All right, well, I'll go because I didn't really talk much about Herbert or Fromm, but now that you mentioned Jalen Hurts, um, I have nothing but good things to say about this guy. You know, he did a lot for uh, Alabama and. His transfer to Oklahoma was a great move on his part, I think, because being in that system, you know, past QBs, uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray succeeded in that system, and so did Jalen Hurts. So there's something good going on in Oklahoma in terms of a uh, quarterback system. But for Jalen Hurts, uh, the, the thing I like about him most is that he's an extremely hard worker, and he's extremely humble and well-spoken. Um, I think this guy is definitely going to be successful in the NFL – I definitely think he's going to be able to start eventually when it's his opportunity and he's going to succeed because this is the age of new athletic quarterbacks. You know, we got Mahomes, we got Jackson, Russell Wilson, all those guys are top-tier quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts resemble he resembles a lot of their like attributes. So, I definitely think uh quarterbacks like him and Jordan Love are going to be very successful.
3: Yeah, um I agree with you completely. Also, I just got to say, uh, PD, congratulations. This is definitely Bama's draft as they have just a flurry. It's Bama's draft every year. Every year. Every year. (laughs) Yeah. It, I, which also you got to think is, is there something wrong there that you're not winning more national titles with all (laughs) these first round picks than you just have going every single year. But Like you said with Hertz, this is, it's starting, the game's starting to evolve, or the QB has to do more. And right now, Kuyper's got him slated going 49th overall to the Steelers, which I think is the perfect fit for him. He'll take a year, sit under Ben Roethlisberger, learn, and then that team can be very dangerous in two years after I assume Roethlisberger's only going to do one more year. But a team with Hertz, Connor, and Juju Smith Schuster would be, a phenomenal day three yeah. that I think teams would have trouble stopping.
1: Yeah, Liam, I agree with that actually. One a thousand percent. I, I didn't know even know that his projection was to go to the Steelers. But I have to agree with PD. I think Hertz is the epitome of a leader, and that's exactly what you need in a locker room, especially with the Steelers having all their issues. He could bring that unit yeah. together. And um that trio would be really, really good, and the Steelers have been doing nothing but building up that defense for the past few years. So that's just that their defense is stout, and if they get that last piece of quarterback for the future at, with Hertz, then the Steelers are right back where they were a few years ago with the Super Bowl winners.
3: Oh, uh, so my favorite thing about Hertz is when he transferred to Oklahoma. The first day he got to campus, he went to the locker room and broke like the school's, like, quarterback squat records, like, first day, he was just, like... He's a freak athlete. He uh, squats
2: a lot of weight, yeah. dude. A lot of weight. Yeah,
3: he, he's... I was watching it. Like, the whole team was hyping
1: him up, and I'm like, yeah. that, like,
2: a quarterback should... He be is a that. big dude. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a lot of people, like, like, athletic quarterbacks have that stigma to become wide receivers, and if he... I think that's ridiculous that people even have the idea of telling him to do that yeah. when... He's proven to be a winner at quarterback and can can be a, a, well, a very good quarterback. So I think, like, for the Steelers to draft him in the second round, that would be a great pick for them. So,
0: yeah, that pretty much wraps up the quarterbacks talk. Um, next, uh, we hit on wide receivers, hit on quarterbacks. Let's go to running backs. Um, this is also another big three type situation. I think that the mm-hmm. three big names there. Yeah. Are uh, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisco. I got it. Wisco. And um, the third being J.K. Dobbins out of OSU. That's the Uh, man. I think Dobbins is a little step behind these other two. um, But. uh, Disagree. Liam. I'm going. I'm sorry, bro. I got to go with uh, DeAndre Swift. I think that he is. The overall, just, like, better overall runner. I think that uh, more of an elusive guy, Um, given Taylor, that's more so like a power back, um, run it down your face. I like Swift. I think he uh, resembles more of, like, what the running back position is today in the NFL. They're definitely more, like, elusive, uh, smaller guys than there are big power backs. I mean, if this was... 10-15 years ago, Jonathan Taylor is what the running back resembles. But um I like Swift here, given that he was more I mean you could say that Taylor was like Wisconsin's offense. Uh but I like uh, I like the fact that Swift yeah. really wasn't. I think that Swift was kind of more of like a um, accessory, more so of like a, a neat, like a number one option. That's why I kinda of like him. So, I mean, I, you know where Liam's going to go with this. So, I mean, let's give it to him first.
3: Um, Yeah, so I obviously am going to pick Jonathan Taylor as the best running back <laughs> in this draft. Uh, no surprise there, or maybe big surprise. People are gasping and fainting in the background. But, uh, yeah, no, he is a stud. Um, I watched every Wisconsin game except for one, and it happened to be a. Frickin Illinois game where I don't want to talk about it, but um, yeah. So Jonathan Taylor was unbelievable this year i personally think he is the best running back in the history of college football Jesus. he put up numbers wow. that are wow he is he is hot take he is hot the, take he is he is the only running back in college football history to rush for 6000 yards Bush. in his first 3 seasons not in his first 3 is seasons he was a true true freshman Sophomore year and junior year, he rushed for north of uh, six thousand yards. He put up some impressive numbers. He's, I believe, uh, I need to look up where he is on the all-time r- rushing list. But he is an unbelievable running back. He was led. He really was all of Wisconsin's offense until Cone came out of nowhere it was actually good and um last year i was watching these games and last year's wisconsin team stu- stunk with horny Brooke at the helm he was so bad he's a lefty <clears> quarterback <throat> couldn't throw the ball 10 yards and all you had to do to look forward to if you're a wisconsin fan was jonathan taylor he put the team on his back and let him i can't say that about these other guys i really like swift and dobbins though i would not be upset if teams took them but right now, uh, JT is projected to go to the Buccaneers, and you want to talk about me being happy where my baby boy's going? Him going to <laughs> Tampa Bay with Brady and the Bucks. Oh, buddy. I'll be happy <laughs> with that. So, yeah, I like JT, obviously, but I like the other the other two as well. Um, really, you can't go wrong with either of these three running backs. Quickly. Back. Or, or four with the LSU yeah, guy. Clyde, Clyde. Yeah, Clyde, Quickly. Clyde, he is nasty. Quickly. Clyde's very good. Um,
0: I'm looking – I just looked at, like, a couple things, a couple websites, and I'm, like, looking at, like, the running back rankings just to, like, see. These three players are on, like, ESPN and on, like, CBS. They're all ranked, like, within 10 players of each other. Like, Jonathan Taylor is ranked as the 32nd best player in this draft. DeAndre Swift is ranked as the 40th ranked player in this draft, and J.K. Dobbins is ranked as the 45th ranked player in this draft. So, I mean, these three are just, like, neck and neck and neck, like, in terms of overall players, not just at the running back position.
3: So, I mean, this just shows how close it really is between these three. Pete. Also, one thing, because I just got up the stat with Jonathan Taylor, before I'm done talking about my baby (laughs) boy, he rushed for 6,174 yards in his college career, just under a thousand from the all-time record. He is the only player I believe in the top 10 to do it by only going to school for 3 years while the everyone else there went to school for 4. So, he really had an unbelievable college career and I think it's going to translate well. He has an issue with fumbling the ball, but I think that's going to get Even fixed really, in baby. the pros. And if he if he stayed another year at Wisconsin, he would have been the all time rusher, right up there with Ron Dane, who is also another Wisconsin guy. So I would take JT. I just think his pure athletic ability, and I would take him hundred uh, percent. So Peter, I
0: noticed that you disagreed with me about Dobbins. So let's. I get did to you here. Um,
2: I personally have Dobbins going first out of the three of these okay. backs. Good, good, good. Um. I was looking at his stats earlier. I was watching some film on him and uh, I'm just going to compare him to Deandre Swift real quick. So in terms of, in terms of numbers in 2019, uh, JK Dobbins rushed the ball 301 times for just over 2000 yards. He had 2003 to be exact. He had 21 touchdowns on the ground and averaged 6.7 per carry and Deandre Swift. Significantly less carries with only 196 and 1200 yards with seven touchdowns. But I know a lot of people give DeAndre Swift praise for being like a catching receiving back, but his receiving numbers are virtually identical to J.K. Dobbins. If you look at Swift, it's 24 catches, 216 yards, and one touchdown. And then you go over to Dobbins, it's 23 catches, 247 yards, and two touchdowns. So I'm just. I'm really not believing the whole DeAndre Swift is a better pass catcher than J.K. Dobbins and possibly J.T. I'm saying that he's on the same level as Dobbins, and Dobbins is obviously an inch taller and has a couple more pounds on him. But, I don't know, I'm just going to keep this short and sweet. I do think uh, I'd rather take J.K. Dobbins before I would take J.T. or DeAndre Swift.
0: All right, Ruman, you got one of each, so you're the deciding factor here.
1: Yeah, um, so... This is tough. It's a tie right now. I'm trying to put it together quickly, but it's either Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins. Oof. Hate Um, to see it. Yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Take that running back, baby. Sorry. I just – I I don't think Swift is really a dynamic enough running back compared to Dobbins and Taylor and Petey's argument with uh, the receiving. I think that's spot on. I think he's just as good, not that much better, if that, than Dobbins and Taylor. So I think those are guys are more just well-built running backs. And Jonathan Taylor is a beneficiary to uh, Wisconsin having one of the best O-lines in the nation consistently. So, like, yeah. you can kind of say that makes his numbers better. Just for the Cowboys example, they always have a good running back, but he doesn't get touched for four or five yards before yeah. someone hits him. So... I, you can't mess definitely with Dobbins with any of these guys, really. But um, I'm going to say I I personally would take J.K. Dobbins. Yes, sir. <laughs> nah.
0: All right, hear me out.
1: I got to you there. But also, I got to just hype up my guy a little bit, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, I think – the guy's built, like, if you remember him, Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, just yeah. Big, yeah. Ton, tons of fun in the backfield. And, but he's, he's a shifty guy for being that small and that big. Like, he's got his legs are like tree trunks, but a lot of times you'll see him just uh, juking out defenders. So his receiving's really good, too. I think he's a good guy to get later in the draft as well.
0: All right, my closing argument here, because I pretty much took the L with, like, rankings. We all know that running back, the running back position, it's often compared to a new car. And as soon as you start driving that car, your miles start going up and you get less and less value with that. I mean, you see it time and time again with so many running backs in this league. I mean, first first name that comes to mind is Todd Gurley. There's so many guys that just were studs. And then two, three years later, I mean, they're being shipped off for nothing. I mean, Todd Gurley got released. No team even wanted him. And if you think that this whole theory doesn't start when you're in college, you think it starts as soon as you get to the NFL, you're dead wrong. I mean,
1: like. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan Taylor's wearing tears. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like this, Jonathan Taylor was just used so heavily. Yeah, huge workload. You work can kind of
1: say the same with J.K. Dobbins.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, DeAndre Swift was an was a accessory to this Georgia Bulldogs team. Like he had like far less, like attempts, far less catches. Like he just was not used as much as these other two guys, and that I think could make a difference.
1: Like, it, I agree. with That longevity. If you want a running back for years to come, that's a great pick to
0: have. You just want a guy that like is like clear of injuries. I mean, look at. Look at, like, so... I mean, there are cases where guys overcome it. Like, look at Nick Chubb. I mean, he suffers, like, one of the most brutal injuries that you could, like, find on YouTube. And look yeah. at him now. He's a stud. But, I mean, in other cases, guys like Sonny Michelle like, had an injury, a little bit of an injury history at Georgia. And, I mean, it's resulting in him now, I would say. I mean, I don't know if the Patriots just haven't figured out a way to get him going. But, I mean, he has just not been the runner that you wanted drafting him at mm-hmm. 31 overall. So, I mean... I just like the fact that DeAndre Swift is far far and above the the freshest out of these three. So I mean that's that's kind of why I picked him there. I mean, you're right though. They both of you are right. Like, I did I honestly had no clue those receiving stats. I'm happy you said it. Um but these two these other two are great running backs like I said, but Jonathan Taylor, I mean, this guy has just like he is just grounded and pounded for three years at wisconsin and i think yeah. that's going to be a i think that's going to be a, a factor there as soon as he gets to the league mm-hmm.
3: yeah he uh he had 300 rushing attempts every year of his yeah, career um, wow which is a wow. lot um and he was involved in almost a thousand plays from scrimmage if you include his receptions but It just shows he's a gritty player. He really likes to get involved there. But like you said, with uh, running backs basically being like a car and they lose their values, I have been noted of saying I hate the Zeke contract, and I also don't like the Christian McCaffrey contract that just got signed the other day Mm. either. But I think right where Swift is projected to go is the sweet spot for when to draft a running back. He right now is projected to be the first running back off the board Going thirty-two over thirty-second yeah. overall to the Chiefs. I think he'll fit great very well with mm-hmm. the Chiefs.
1: Awesome spot. And
3: as a first round pick, you get five years out of the player instead of four if you pick them in any other round. So what I say to do with running backs is pick them first round. Late first round. You get five yeah. years out of them, and those are the best five years you're ever gonna get out yeah, of a running exactly. back is years twenty-two to yep. twenty-seven. And then you don't have to pay them. And if they hold out like Melvin Gordon and Zeke did, I'd say, Okay, buddy, have fun not making money. Like exactly. Basically, I so. I I would call players out every time perfectly they hold so. out, especially yep. especially running backs. Like I think that's perfect right where Swift is projected to go. I think that's where that's why I'm fine with the Sony pick too, because we picked him late first round. Mm-hmm. And you might be like, Oh, he's not worth the value of that pick. But what the years are valued for running backs. Getting that extra year out of Sony, I think, is worth taking him that high, even though I don't think he's showing the value of being a first-round so first pick. Mm-hmm. But we get an extra year out of him where ordinarily we would take him four. And taking a late running back is already starting to hurt the Saints a little bit where they have to pay Kamara a year earlier than yep. they would like to.
0: So, I mean, yeah, we just – that pretty much wraps it. Um next. I know we got a little bit of a diversity here in our teams. Pete being a Vikings guy. ruman I mean, I, I know you're a Pats guy at heart, but Yeah. I mean, you show a lot of love to the Browns, we are gonna get on them. <laughs> <Yep>.
1: <laughs> <Cleveland>. <laughs> Nothing but love for the And then me
0: and Liam obviously getting the Pats. Uh and I mean if you guys want if you guys like another team's draft position, I mean, feel free to hit on them. So I just kinda wanna talk about where we would like our respective teams to go in terms of first-round picks. Um, I'll go. I'll go first. Oh, you want to? You want to go with the Pats first? Yep. I'll hit the Pats first, um, and then we'll have Liam hit it at the end.
3: Yeah, we'll sandwich yep. the Pats. Um, our our takes.
0: I mean, as much as I like, would like the excitement of getting quarterback in the first round, I want Cam Newton at the helm. So yes, I'm going I agree. I'm going to pass on a quarterback there. Um, And honestly, I really you know don't want take. a weapon. I don't want an offensive weapon. In the you first know who to round, take, Matt. You know who to take. I would like a safety. Yes, I mean, you honestly, know exactly who to take. Honestly, I'm going to throw a name out there. I'm going to get a little spicy with it. I think that I would like the Pats to trade down in this draft. Whoa. I would like them to trade their their um 23rd and their – 50-something overall second-round pick and kind of get two picks in the middle of those to just kind of get into, like, the, the late 40s or the early 40s and the maybe early 50s range. I would like a guy like Anton Winf- Winfield <laughs> out of the University of Minnesota. Pete, you, you showed me or you told me to watch his tape. I oh, did. It's and incredible. And a playmaker. Yes, he is. Um, he's not a name... He's not a top safety name. I mean, there's definitely a couple other guys that he's top five, yeah, are more exciting. But I mean, the Pats are literally the the best team at just drafting these guys that like aren't really exciting. I mean, just bring them in and they just utilize their strengths and they become great players. So I mean, if not, if if I were to if I'm forced to pick at twenty three, I'm probably taking a guy like. Uh, I like Kenneth Murray out of uh, Oklahoma wow. middle linebacker. I think that the loss of Kyle Van Noy, you're definitely going to need to fill there, especially with Dante Hightower getting up in age. Duane Bentley really didn't show you much last year. Uh, in terms of his, he had a great, promising uh, start to his uh, rookie year, and then he got injured. And last year, he really didn't do that much. You lose Landon Roberts. I mean, you're definitely a little skinny at linebacker right now. So Jamie Collins too, yeah, and Jamie Collins. I totally forgot that. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely think linebacker is a need. Kenneth Murray at 23, but I my plan A option is to go get a safety with aging guys like Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung. So uh, if you either repeat or Ruman. go ahead. Ruman, you want to go? Uh,
1: yeah. It's so so all I'll you go first. So. Uh, right now, the Browns are projected to take an offensive tackle at 10, and I think that's a great pick for them. They, they also just signed the Titans tackle, so I think that's them beefing up that old line to try and help out Baker, which is essential because they had one of the worst lines in the NFL. That'll also help out Chubb, too, which in general just makes that whole offense better. But um, I also saw that they're planning on possibly some other scenarios could be trading down and trying to get Isaiah Simmons or drafting someone else to the likes of Derek Brown. Mm-hmm. And Derek Brown's a D-tackle. And if I were to say trade, I would be very okay with trading down and getting uh, Isaiah Simmons. I think he's a once-in-a-generation mm-hmm. type type player. Guy plays every position. Um, he's very big, very strong, um, very crazy athletic. His 40-yard dash was, what, like a 4-3-something, four, 4 Something four, stupid. Four.
2: Something stupid. Very,
1: very good. So any of those picks I'd be very okay with. I think those are all players that are going to really help them continue to make progress in becoming a, a contender, which I know that I say they are, but I, I'll always say they are, but I, I genuinely think if they finally put it together, they can be. And then later in the draft, just fill in any other other holes they're missing. Like they got one pick in the first, one in the second, couple thirds, and then later in the draft, they I think they have just another few picks. But you can always find those late round gems. So just kind of fill where is needed. Rumen. yes,
0: I have a. I need a. I need an honest answer because I have a question.
1: I have an honest answer. Right.
0: Being a being a Browns guy, who is going to be? Your Week Seventeen start at quarterback. Is it gonna be Dad Bod Baker, or do you think Case Keenum actually comes in and steals his spot? Like, I need to know. Honestly, don't just say Baker because he flashes his, his rookie year. I need to know.
1: No, no, I, I I won't be biased for this, but um, truthfully, I do think it'll be Baker Dad, just Baker. for the fact that um. Case Keenum, I think they brought him in to kind of say, like, hey, we're we're getting a guy who can take your job and will take your job, so you better step up and start playing. That's good. I
0: love that move so that they did. I think
1: that was a great move good. by the front office to try and kind of, like, subliminally say, like, get your shit together. That's yeah, awesome. Bro, and then also, Case Keenum stay
0: slept um, on, bro.
1: And Case Keenum's a good quarterback. Um, I think, again, he's like that Alex Smith type guy who's not going to really win you any games, but he's not going to lose you any. So I think that was – and he's a veteran too, so he can kind of guide Baker around the right path. But um, I think they had a great free agency signing – a lot of guys on offense and defense to build around Baker and really help him out. So like they got like I said the Titans tackle. Mm-hmm. They got Austin Hooper, so one of the best tight ends in the league. I mean him and Joku, another guy who I'm a big fan of. Hooper, bro. The injury last year kind of didn't let him get a season going, but mm. I think he's a freak athlete that's one thing so you get him and hooper with odell and jarvis on the outsides like that's a lot of guys to defend Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the new coach they got vikings guy um a lot of play action i think that's right to baker's suit really get a lot of the defenders biting on nick chubb running the ball and then you hit odell and jarvis (laughs) deep for a, a big play and I think defenses will have a hard time adjusting to that if they can get that going. Yeah, and to add on, uh
3: I talked to John about the Browns a lot as I also like the Browns. Um the offensive tackle that they're projected to get is a freaking <laughs> huge. six seven three three sixty. Uh, is, no. is that the kid he from Louisville? A, um yeah. Louisville, yeah. yeah. Louisville, yeah, yeah. Louisville I watched his highlights monster. last night at work you can't he, Nothing
0: like watching yeah, offensive he,
3: tackle highlights at work oh yeah no he he was a he is a menace true down the line the he, yeah he is a unbelievable uh, tackle i think it would be a smart move and i said to john when the keenum trade um, the keenum signing happened that's exactly what baker needs cuz if you look at him last year compared to his rookie year baker's a guy that always needs a chip on his shoulder he always needs something mm-hmm. So he gets drafted number one overall, and he doesn't have the starting job. He loses it to Tyrod Taylor, maybe because their coach was an idiot and the worst head coach in NFL Ooh. history. But it's, he always needs something. And Taylor goes down, Baker comes in, and he always has that, like itch that like I could lose this job at any moment. Mm-hmm. Looking last year, I don't even know who their backup quarterback was last year. It was Baker's job. Gilbert. He had no worries. He yeah, was, he was bad. It, it, exactly. So he had no worries about his position and it clearly showed that that was, this was the worst year. This might be the worst year of his career with well, the year that happened. Now Keenum's in. Keenum's a good quarterback and he can really spark that fire. In Baker to get him going back to the position that we really projected him to be at, and with all those weapons and if they build up the line, I really expect Baker to have an unbelievable year lastly, this year.
0: on the Browns, I just think the ego all the egos need to be put to put aside in order for them to succeed i mean well, this is you this know' it's like like, Odell bro this is their like Achilles heel i mean it's all these all these egos I don't know just like
3: he Odell has a New York size ego in Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio. Like he's I'm like, come on. Like he, he's not LeBron James. Like you can't have that big of an ego and have be in Cleveland unless you're like a once in a lifetime player. And granted, I like Odell. I think he's a good wide receiver. He's not a once in a lifetime wide receiver. He is a very good wide receiver, but he is going to continue to have that mindset of, like, oh, man, I'm that dude. Uh, it's New York. I made that one catch that one time. Y'all remember that? It was cool. Like, he <laughs> – like, I, I I, don't think he's going to put his ego to side. And I think that's where other guys have to step up. And that's where I think guys like Cooper and guys like, why am I, Jarvis, are going to step up and have great years this year. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Pete, with the Vikings. All right, so –
2: as we all know, Stefan Diggs is no longer a Viking. It definitely hurts. Um, I don't know if you guys do know this, though. We lost all three of our starting corners from last year. We lost Xavier Rhodes, Mackenzie Alexander, who was our slot corner, and Trey Waynes, who was our number two guy. So... The two guys that are going to fill in two of those spots right away are going to be Holton Hill. You guys probably have no idea who that is, which makes total sense. Nope. And Mike Hughes. And know who that is. Yeah. Mike Hughes obviously had his injury issues, and uh, Holton Hill had some off-the-field issues and got an early suspension during preseason for a dirty hit. So, uh, obviously, I would love to see the Vikings go with a corner for this 22nd pick. Uh, and I have them going with – Either Christian Fulton, if he falls, or Trayvon Diggs, who is the younger brother of Stefan, obviously.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, the reason why I like Christian Fulton is because of his size. He's six feet, 200 pounds. So, he's got great length and size. Um, he's also got a 4.4.6.40, which is pretty decent. But it, if you compare it to other NFL stars, like Richard Sherman ran a 4.5.6. So, he's faster than him. And Rhodes ran a 4.4.3. So, he's just a little bit slower than Rhodes. But. Um, One issue I see with Fulton's game is that he's not a very secure tackler, but you don't really ask for that at the corner position too often. But he did have 14 pass breakups in 2019, and that is a big number. That is a lot of pass breakups. So he's definitely a ball hawk, and he can definitely make big plays on the ball that we need. And with Diggs, uh, also issues at tackling. He likes to go for strips instead of tackles, and that causes him to bounce off of, uh, you know, running backs, and bigger tight ends, but he had three interceptions and two formal recoveries and one for a touchdown, the one in uh, versus Tennessee that he returned, like, 102 yards. Um, He's a big guy, too. He's 6'2", 207. He didn't run the 40, but in game film, he has good speed. Um, So, yeah, those are my two go-to guys at the 22nd pick because I think corner is our most needed position. Um, Now, for the offensive side of the ball, Vikings have always had their issues with the offensive line, but the biggest need for us right now is definitely to get another wide receiver to compliment Adam Thielen, and I just don't think B.C. Johnson is the guy to do it right now. I would love to see B.C. Johnson stay at the three spot or maybe go to the two. I, I don't really know, but I'm hoping for this uh, 25th pick in the first round. I'm hoping that Justin Jefferson falls to us. That would be unbelievable. That'd awesome. That for would me. be perfect. He's 6'3 with 4'4 speed. He could start immediately on the other side of – Adam Thielen with BC Johnson in the three. He has so much production. I don't remember what game it was, but he had four touchdowns in one game. He had 111 catches over 1500 yards and 18 TDs on the season. So that is my ideal wide receiver pick. But if I'm being more realistic and if Justin Jefferson doesn't fall to us, I'm saying we take a guy that is just like Diggs and Jalen Rager, the wide receiver from TCU. Um, the reason why he gets compared to Diggs a lot is because they are virtually the same size. Rager is 5'11", 195, and he runs a 4'47". And he can just come right in and bring that big playability that Diggs had, deep balls down the field. And pff, I don't really have much else to say about that guy. So and uh, just, just to touch on you wrapping it up the, for the Vikes.
3: i I really mm-hmm. like where the Vikings are at. Obviously, they lost some pieces, but as long as Mike Zimmer's at the helm, uh, I think they're always going to put out a team that's successful. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is obviously a good quarterback. Dalvin Cook yep. is an elite running back right now, getting into the prime Absolutely. of his career. Uh, Boone is also the backup running back, is also wicked good. So, yeah.
2: And Madison. Madison is also so a good. running back
3: by committee yeah, type team. I like. Um, right them. now, you guys are projected in the mock draft to get the wide receiver from Arizona State, who Brand Brandon. I yeah, I was going to not even bother pronouncing that last. Brandon Ayuk. Um, I don't know much about him, but yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Like, I think you guys need to address some gaps on the defense. I think before you address the wide receiver issue um because i think wide receivers are more of a luxury to have and i think if you build up the defense the vikings can make yet again another deep playoff run and maybe not get screwed
1: yeah i agree with you on that liam if they build up that defense their offense kind of already plays obviously pete you can chime in if i'm wrong but the offense is a lot of run first play action and kind of control the time. absolutely you're so right. If, if that defense is just a, a brick wall then I feel like that's the priority for them this offseason.
0: I'm going to say that this I mean I know it, it like hurts to lose like a big name guy but I think that the Diggs trade was so like smart for the Vikings. I mean Oh, it was a great trade, don't get me wrong. We got so much value for him. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think both parties got what they Especially at wanted.
0: like the time of it like one I mean first off, I think that Diggs kind of got a little bit of a Became a little bit of a diva at the end of that. Yeah, um, of course he had his issues. He, he, you can say like he wasn't like pouting, but like he was. He was. I think he no, was, he absolutely uh, he was get backwards hat times. kind of. He guy. was starting
1: to become a backwards hat kind of guy. Yeah, he he was Odell Esque
0: backwards <laughs> hat <laughs> kind of guy. Odell Esque type of player, and I think just like I think in the game of football. I mean, I I never played, so you guys can say I'm wrong, but I just think that's such a distraction. Like it's such a huge distraction, and it's just like. It's more so, like, I don't know. I just don't think it, like, gets enough, like, attention. Like, I think in order to be a great, successful team, you need everyone bought in 100%. You can say that for, like, every other sport. Yeah. But, like, football, it's, like, you can make even more of a case just because, like, you just need, like, total chemistry. You need everyone bought into the same system.
1: Yeah. Football is, like, one of the true team sports. Where every single guy needs to rely on the guy. Everybody needs to be
2: on the same page
0: and then you talk yeah, about like not even a week earlier time. not even a week earlier you see one of the game's best receivers a, a receiver who is i think much better than Stefan Diggs go for practically nothing and then you trade a guy that just because he's a couple years younger for way more value like way more value i mean i think the vikings were the clear cut winner of this trade yes the bills mm-hmm. like revamp offense get a true cut number one receiver that's great. But I, I liked what they did here. I think that like for the cost of what they got him for they traded him for. And just because of the fact that now you have a guy like they're going with Thielen. Like Thielen's the number one, a dog. Like I love Thielen. I love his story. And like I don't know, I think the Vikings just like benefited from this in, like and more also than also with Diggs. Like he's always trade.
3: like even though he got traded from Minnesota, he's always gonna be like loved in minnesota no matter what after the whole minnesota miracle he is definitely going to be regarded i think he's actually going to go back to minnesota eventually i think he's probably going to end his career there because i honestly think he he is so loved there after that obviously spectacular play and man i just feel bad for saints fans but um they like just he is an I just think – I think the Vikings are going to have a good year, and I think Diggs is going to have success in Buffalo, but I think he's also going to go back to Minnesota. I think he's going to end his career there. I like that. I
0: would like, to say I like that. All right. We've um, hit on all of our teams, so let's wrap this up.
3: Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. One Four sec. i got to mention three my three take three on three the Pats. Um, and. Yeah, and Liam's got a oh, right really sandwich. Right now, the I Patriots Sorry. are projected to select Wisconsin outside linebacker Zach Bond. And man, oh man, do I want him to be a Patriot. Ooh. I would love for one of my baby boys are going You're Your, ba- your baby's set going, in this one. And I would love for the Patriots <laughs> to get him. He's a great outside linebacker. He can rush on the edge. He's great at delayed blitzes he's he's wicked fast. He's unbelievably fast. He in a four six forty. So as a linebacker, that's pretty impressive. And I really think he can bring um a factor to the Pats. He maybe would be a backup for a year, but with the loss of Collins and Van Noy, I think the Patriots need to go linebacker here. And but at the end of the day it's Bill Belichick. We're probably not actually picking at twenty three. We're probably gonna trade down and get a third and a fifth but it's i really like that and i think the patriots i really don't want us to draft a quarterback um i don't like any of the quarterbacks that are projected after our picks really to come here and try to fill in the shoes of brady i'm fine with just going with what we got maybe getting cam newton if we can get cam newton that'll be huge i think he can rejuvenate his career here. But I think the Patriots need to address some holes on defense and maybe beef up the wide receiver position a little bit. That's where I think a guy like Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, who is projected to go a little later, I think that would be perfect for us to get. And I really think the Pats are going to continue this train of success. And I think it would just be smart for us to wait until we find a quarterback we like and not just pick one now because it's a a need we need right now. And really just go with a guy that can fill in, like just basically just fill in until we get the guy like Hoyer or Stidham and not really win us games, but not necessarily lose us games either. I think next year's Pat's team is going to be very boring for people that are used to high scoring offensive games. And I think it's going to be like, Oh, and the Patriots, defeat the dolphins 17 to 10 here in Miami like it's going to be games like that where it's our defense really mm-hmm. showing up and and at the end of the day we have Bill Belichick like we're going to be fine <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: that's that's the one thing for me being a Paz fan just the the I don't even know the comfort of having Bill Belichick still running the team even without Brady just easily in my opinion, the greatest coach of all time. I don't think anyone else really compares to it. So his his the way he builds up that defense, like Liam was saying. I think that's going to be a strong the the care, the like the back the I don't even know what to say. It. The uh, they're going to carry the load, and also the the running back by team. committee that we have Definitely. too
3: is going to play a huge factor in our team with Sony White and Burkhead. <laughs> Or and oh, definitely. I I honestly think we're gonna be fine. I don't think we're gonna be like having buys and all this stuff that we're accustomed to. But I can see it being like and the Patriots in week sixteen like defeat the Jets and the Bills lose to the Ravens and some random thing like that where it's like it's gonna take us a while, but I still think we are the best team in this division. But this is gonna be the closest it's been in a very long
1: time. In a while, oh yeah, yeah. And I think if there's a time, this is the year for Sony. And and hopefully uh, we signed a a fullback. I'm blanking on his name right now.
3: Yeah, he's good. And I know like people on the fullback position. The Patriots' run game usually thrives with a good fullback. Um, Obviously, Devlin was hurt with the neck injury all of last year. And it clearly showed that he was a factor in our run game not having as much success as we did the year prior. So with a good fullback, maybe Andrews comes back at center. I don't know what his deal is. He might retire, I've heard, because he had uh, blood clots in his lungs. So if uh, if he can come back and we get a good fullback in there, I expect our run game. To really be the the driving factor of our offense this year, which would be extremely different from what we're used to as Pats fans.
1: Yeah. I, also, I need to correct myself before um, you chime in there. I apologize for that. We signed uh, Dan hmm. Vitale, it was the Browns who signed Andy Yanovich. So that was
0: my mistake. Here's uh, my thing on, on Patriots drafts. Um, I think that more time, time again. Oh yeah, they like to redshirt guys once they draft them. Yeah, I mean, you look at their draft class last year. Um, Nikhil Harry, very limited. I mean, you can pretty much, you can pretty much say that was a redshirt year for him. Uh, Jawan Williams, their second round pick, lengthy corner out of Vanderbilt, really didn't play that much. Got limited, limited action. He played in like one or two games. Mm. And like he didn't even start. Uh, Damian Harris, a guy that literally no one, no one thinks about in terms of offense. I mean, this Didn't guy even pl- could did not this play. Guy could be in. This guy could be in the offense this year in terms of running back by committee. Definitely. He could surpass a Rex Burkhead in terms of kind of like that third running back guy, limited action. Um, so I mean, we talking. We keep talking about our draft class this year, but like. The reality of it is, is, like, are these guys going to play? Like, if we draft a kid at 23 or trade down until this early second, like, is this kid even going to be, like, a factor? That's my thing. Like, but in terms of um, – I want to hit on one more thing with the Pats. If if I'm forced to take a quarterback, I'm taking Jordan Love because I forget who said it earlier, the comparison. I, I just think that this kid compares to, like, Lamar and uh, Mahomes. I mean, he's from, like – he's from a school that you don't really, like, think of in terms of, like, top-tier colleges or football programs. Look at Mahomes, Texas Tech. Like, Mahomes Mahomes was a guy that wasn't even on first-round draft boards until, like, a couple weeks before. And then the Chiefs must have, like, just saw that, like, X factor that he brings, and they trade up, like, 20 picks to get him. And I think that, like, if, if by some reason some team doesn't do that with Jordan Love, I would love the pass to take a flyer on him I think he does bring that, like, I don't know. I, I think it. whoever said it before, Pete. he compares to Mahomes and Lamar just in terms of, like, ability to run the ball, pass the ball, make exciting plays, more than just, like, a, a pocket passer quarterback. Plus, I would just like to see Belichick make that transition. You know what I mean? Like, Yep. Mm-hmm. His, whole, his whole time in New England, he has brought in pure pocket passers. Yeah, an old-school yeah, style. Yeah, exactly. And I'd like to see Bill Belichick kind of, like, get in the trend, see what he could do with a guy. Like, imagine, like, if Bill Belichick could, like, if he could coach up a guy like Mahomes or Lamar. Like, I'm not saying he can either. Like, maybe he's just not that type of coach. But, like, I'm just saying if they could get love and they work it out and they find a system for him.
3: That's and scary right there. Yep. Just another That's thing, if our offensive line can stay healthy, Percent. obviously uh, Skarnecky and our offensive line coach retired this year. as a huge loss for the Pats. as He was probably the best offensive line coach in NFL history. Obviously, it's tough to say, but, I mean, when he's our head coach, the Pats' offensive line is just built different. If they can stay healthy, our offensive line core right now is looking like Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn, Joe Thuney. David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Marcus Cannon. That's a pretty strong offensive line, especially if we're going to go with Stidham at the helm. And having that offensive line around a young quarterback is Mm -hmm. really going to give him confidence, time to throw, and time to make decisions that I really think is going to make a big factor in this Patriots team still having success. Mm
0: -hmm. so we'll see where it all turns out next week but um one final topic we want to hit on is our predictions for offensive and defensive rookie of the year and honestly like we could we could do it now and then i mean i know you guys want to come back on for a post draft episode and Honestly, if you like a pick, do you like a fit? We could change it up next week and do this whole, whole topic over again because our answers could change here. We'll see. But mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go offensive rookie of the year. I'm going with Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I think that he is going to be a Miami Dolphin, and I think that they do have playmakers in that offense. They have guys like uh, Devonte Parker, who is Tremendously slept on in terms of uh, wide receivers. I mean, if you watch that Week 17 game in New England, he carved up Stephon Gilmore. That was Gilmore's one bad game of the year, and I was there, and I was I watched Devontae Parker carve up Stephon Gilmore. Um, I think that the Dolphins are kind of, I think they're rejuvenated. They had a big offseason. I agree with that. They have a, they had a big offseason. They signed a couple Patriots. <clears throat> Brian Flores is a good coach. I mean, like, look at the turn that the Dolphins made last year. They, they had a gruesome start to the season. They get waxed in Miami by the Patriots week two, week three. I forget what week it was. And they just had a really terrible start to the year. And that's when the whole, like, tank for two thing came because they were undoubtedly going to get the first overall pick. And then for some odd reason, Brian Flores gets this like pretty low talent wise team to buy in and they had a pretty they ended end. they it ended wonders. the year yeah, yeah their new.
3: last 8 games I above mean, 500 yeah that's exactly. very good so i
0: mean that's that's not a tough that's a that's a very tough ask out of a team for just like okay like dude go go buy in even though we're, you're not going to be in the playoffs and they still did and they they go into new england and pretty much end the Patriots season. I mean, could be looking at a totally different story if New England wins that game and gets that bye in the first round. And they pretty much – I mean, they just gave New England such like a low like start to the playoffs. Like the Patriots were literally like have never like started a playoff so low in terms of like morale-wise because of that. And I think you add a guy like potential X factor like Tua, a a guy that can run it, he can throw it, like – Everything. I know he has injuries, but I'm I'm counting on that he stays healthy his rookie year. I think he's gonna be the best quarterback in this draft after year one. He wins the offensive rookie of the year. Defensive wise, I'm going with I'm just gonna cut right to it. Chase Young. I mean this is this is a better Nick Bosa in my opinion. He's huge. He's like he kinda has what's that guy's name? The guy from <laughs> Baylor. It's Sean guy, Oakman. Yeah, he has that that kind of look when you face guy. him on defense. He's huge. I mean, monster. he's going to be a. He, I think he's just the best overall player, like the best ranked player-wise. He's like – you can't really go wrong with him. He's going to get your sacks. He's a speed rusher. He's a power rusher. He's everything you want out of an edge guy. He's going to win t- defensive rookie of the year. And uh, just, um, that was quick. Okay, I'll just – Okay, I
3: guess I'll go. Guy. Um, So, I'm looking at pass mm-hmm. uh, offensive – uh, rookie of the years and primarily the award goes to running backs and quarterbacks, but I'm going to go a little against the grain. It hasn't happened since 2014 with Odell Beckham jr. But I'm going to go with CD lamb is going to win uh, offensive rookie of the year. I oh. think if he does go to San Francisco, like he's projected to go, obviously this all depends on where guys go. And I honestly think if he goes to San Fran and the way they establish the run, if they can get play action going with Garoppolo, I think he's going to have a phenomenal career. He's going to slide right in there very nicely. And I think he's going to have an unbelievable season if he does go to the 49ers. If he goes somewhere else, though, that's where I get a little uh, worried. But on a team like the 49ers with Garoppolo throwing him the ball, I think he's going to have an unbelievable rookie year. And I obviously said I like Judy more, but Judy right now is projected to go to the Jaguars. And I just don't know about Minshew yet. I love Minshew, but Oof. I don't know about him. And the other uh, wide receiver projected to go uh, next after CD is uh, Jefferson. And he's projected to go to the Broncos. I also don't like who's throwing the ball there right now, Is I think it's still Joe Flacco. So – Drew Locke, yeah, it's, it's Drew. Lock, still a Lock. no-go there. So that I think CD's going to take it home if he does go to the 49ers, <laughs> just because wide receiver usually depends on who's throwing them the football. And I think he can have great success there. And for defensive, uh, obviously, I'm just going to go with the best guy in the draft, as that is Chase Young. He was a beast at Ohio State. He really did whatever he wanted to against any team he played. He broke the Ohio State single-season sack record in, like, eight games, and he really is an animal. Um, Him just being a factor is a huge reason why in the Big Ten title game uh, they beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin was up in half, and it was looking good. But, you know, you have to double-team him every single snap, so that allowed for other guys to take control and really move on. So I really think that he can be a factor. He's going to be a guy that teams have to look out for. And like you said, he's just a better Nick Bosa, in my opinion. I think he is a great edge rusher, and I think he is the best player in this draft.
0: Quickly on uh, Chase, uh, Todd McShay, like the, if you don't know who that is, he's like the other guy with Mel Kiper on ESPN. He said, I watched him say that Chase Young is, like, by far and above, like, the best Ed Rusher he's ever covered in his, like, 15 years at ESPN. So, I mean, like, that kind of just shows how dominant this guy can and probably will be in the NFL. Peter Ruman.
2: Uh, You can go, Peter. All right, bro. I'm going to keep this uh, short and sweet. I'm just going to say I'm going to agree with you, Matt. Tua Tungo vailoa Mm -hmm. is the guy if he goes to Miami. Um, And obviously, if he stays healthy, too, uh, knock on wood, I hope he does. And, uh, yep, big season coming for him, I hope. Uh, In defensive, I'm going to go away from Chase Young, and I'm going to go with the the Swiss Army knife, Isaiah Simmons. I think that this guy is going to rack up stats in every single category. I think he's going to get picks. He's going to get fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, sacks, tackles. You name it, he's going to get it. Um, he's a lot like Derwin James, so I think he's going to be um, Defensive Rookie of the Year just because he's going to load up the stat sheet in every single category.
1: Yep, so for me, uh, Rookie Offensive offensive Rookie of the Year, I have Joe Burrow. Um, as Liam said, the award typically goes to quarterbacks and running backs, and it's usually the player with the most hype around them. And I think that if Joe Burrow goes there and he has – even just a decent year there they make they make the playoffs I I would say it's pretty much a Sherlock he wins it just because he was able to bring them to the playoffs maybe they win a game I think that offense is going to be very good once he's there The all his accuracy is unbelievable so it would be him John Ross AJ Green Joe Mixon like that's a strong offense in my opinion he'll put up good numbers and then for defensive rookie of the year I'm gonna rock with PD and say Isaiah Simmons I think versatility kills. He's going to be all over the field for the Giants. That's where he's projected to go at four. And he's going to be a stat sheet stuffer, no doubt about it. And
3: uh, one one last question before we wrap this up. If Trevor Lawrence was in this year's draft, where do you guys think he'd go? Uh...
2: Him
1: and Burrow. The question, the question you're pretty much asking if he's going one or two. It's hard. I mean, yeah, it's I hard. I was gonna say it's it's him or Burrow, one or two. I think he's going after Burrow. And honestly,
3: uh,
0: I didn't say I, after I,
1: Burrow as well.
0: Okay. I think he'd be the second overall pick.
3: I I've been saying it the last couple of weeks because I just started asking that question, like if Trevor Lawrence like weird rule where he could go whenever. I think he'd be the slam dunk number one overall pick, not only in this year's draft, but I think if he came out last year, he would also have been the number one overall pick in that draft as well. I think he is going to be a a once-in-a-generation talent. Um, I think he is something that we've never seen before, and I really think he is going to be legit. And I think you could put him in this year's draft, next year's draft, the year before, last year's draft, I think he's gonna I think he'd be number one in any draft that he would be eligible for.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love Joe Burrow like no other. He's my dog. Um huge LSU guy, as you know. But um I, I gotta agree with Liam. I think Trevor Lawrence would go number one in that draft.
0: It's only as good
3: as you, you're
1: only as good as your last game and Joe Burrow yeah, but I'm going to
3: cut him some learned. slack uh, and say that yeah. uh, the the one loss he's had in his entire life was against probably the best college football team <laughs> we've ever seen. So that's so um, I'm I'm going to cut yeah, him a little slack seen, yeah. there and say um, uh, yeah. But even the national championship yeah, game he yeah. won, he I mean, sorry to bring up bad memories, Pete, but he <laughs> killed Alabama. He he. It's all right. had a lot of good ones. It wasn't even close, and that was. This is an Alabama team that was like it wasn't like oh it was an off year for Bama. They were buzzing on all cylinders the entire year, and he just went in and just basically didn't care it was Alabama and just killed him, Just killed him. Not for me. I had money on Bama. That was fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, um, so next week we will uh definitely be coming out with our post draft episode. I mean I hope you two come back on and be awesome. Absolutely. That's
1: yeah, definitely perfect,
0: perfect. But uh yeah, we'll be hitting on picks we loved, picks we hated. Maybe our picks change on the rookie of the years once we see like if Tua goes to Miami, if he doesn't, that could change for me and Pete. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um definitely that kind of wraps it up here. Um we hope you enjoyed. Uh, we will see you next week for our post-draft. Uh, we hope you continue to stay safe, continue to wash your hands. And um, I think it's safe to say we all miss sports, so I think the draft is going to be good for us. I
3: uh, keep keep following so, the career uh, yeah. of uh, yep. Dip McGipp, uh, the head coach of Wyoming that I'm tweeting about on Wisconsin. Uh, I'm on Wisconsin, on Wyoming. Um, he's just having a hell of a year in, in the Orange Bowl against Miami. So if you're missing sports that much, uh, just follow me playing NCAA football eleven. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: That's oh, peace, man. Perfect. All right, thanks for having yeah. me.